pray and we act like it. So we lift up our voices in one accord. We give you a victory shout of faith right now. Come on, church. Let's give God glory. Come on. Let's give a victory shout today. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. If you would, go ahead and bless someone real good. Whatever's in your spirit, speak life into them right now. Two or three people, and then you can be seated. Speak life into them. Then you can be seated. Praise God. We unplugged on last week from biblical laws of prosperity. We talked about just understanding the times. Now we're going to plug right back in. How many know our assignment is not to get in fear? How many we're supposed to occupy? We're supposed to do business until he returns. So we're not getting ready to stop. Matter of fact, let's turn it up a little bit. And let's go to another level, okay? Now, biblical laws of prosperity. I want to read our three opening texts, but I want to again reiterate since we took a week off that when we function according to the Word of God, which is the will of God, then we can have everything that the Word of God says about our life. And so this study is completely founded upon the Word of God, not what we think the Word says, but what it actually says. How I many you know a lot of people make decisions off of what they think it says? as opposed to actually knowing what it says. So our goal here is to make sure we know and understand what it says, because once we read it, then once we believe it, then how many know then that force of faith is, is activated and we can have whatever that word says we can have in our lives. So Romans chapter 10, verse 17, as a foundation text, reminds us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. So faith doesn't come by having heard, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So whatever it is you're believing God for, how many know you need to hear about it all the time because it's going to keep your faith strong? Many times when you bring up the subject of prosperity, the first thing people will say is, I've already heard that. The issue is not have you already heard it, how much of it is manifested in your life? Because that's really how much you know is how much of it is actually manifested in your life. In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus again in that prayer uh, over and for his disciples He said, praying to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Set them apart through thy truth. And then he defined what truth is. He said, thy word is true. And so how many know there are a lot of facts out there in the world? People, Christians, making a lot of decisions. But all of our decisions need to be founded upon this one truth right here. Right? And so we've got to measure everything that we believe by the truth of the word of God. Then it will set us apart from everyone else. I'm pretty sure that bishop, that gay bishop, it's a female, I'm pretty sure in her mind she believes she's doing the right thing. But there's no way to believe that when you hold that against this truth. So obviously then some other information has gotten in there and someone has chosen to believe something other than the truth. Our job is to make sure we stick with the truth, especially during times like these. And then 3 John chapter 2, 3 John 2 rather, and uh, we're going to read verses 2 through 4. And I really love this because John, at the end of his life here, most people are reflecting on what they believe is the most important things in life. And John pins this letter here, and he says, Beloved, writing to Gaius here, who was a good friend of his, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Prosper means to help on the road, to succeed in reaching 
to succeed in business, I love this, to have a prosperous journey. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. How I many you know health is different than healing? Now, the way God is leading me, I don't believe healing really was ever for the church after the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe he took that beating so that we'd never experience sickness. I'm in the right place. But I believe it's his calling card to the world, and he wants to use the believer to deliver healing to the world. Right? That's why Jesus said, go ye into the world and heal. Right? Church is supposed to be well. Healing and health are two different issues. How many know health is your obedience to the Word of God? How many know the Word of God to keep your body healthy? Oh, Jesus. How many know if you eat according to the Word of God? He left us a roadmap so that we can be in health and not need healing. All right, I'll go by that because I've covered that some other places in the marriage. So he said, brethren, I, beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health. But he said, even as thy soul prospers, and don't, don't minimize that. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He says, when the brethren came and testified of the truth or the word that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth or the word, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth, live according to the truth, or we can substitute that for the Word of God. Now, we talked about what that looks like to prosper spiritually, what that looks like to prosper in your soul, what that looks like to prosper in your body. We're looking at 14 14 keys to understanding biblical prosperity. Last time I was up, we talked about understanding spiritual and physical laws. Let's just move right to point number two. We have SoundCloud. So if you want to get caught up on any of that information, you can go back, listen to any of those messages because they are free. Point number two. Let's just pick up with all new information from here. Today we're going to talk about the world system versus God system. Now, I may become public enemy number one in Satan's camp today. They may put a picture of Joel Gregory up somewhere uh, in hell and say, we got to get this guy out of here. He's enlightening the people. We cannot let them walk in what he just shared today. But guess what? When we obey God, there's nothing he can do to stop it. Folks, the reality is the entire body at Linked Up Church one day will be debt free. Oh, let let me try this side of the room over here. Um, Listen to me. There's nothing he can do to stop this. One day, not just the church, not just the pastor, the entire body at Linked Up Church will be debt free. We're going to bring professionals in, financial peace, all kind of work. We're not going to stop until we get the job done. You'll see why today, okay? Now, let's march. We're looking at the world system versus God system. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Let's read verses 1 and 2 because they're so foundational to everything else that we'll understand. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore, somebody say now. Now. There is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment to those who are in Christ Jesus. Anyone in Christ Jesus? Don't let anybody condemn you. Well, you don't know what I did. Listen, if God's not condemning you, why would you let people condemn you? And it doesn't really matter what you did. God's already forgiven you of it and declared you righteous. Let's move on from that place. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here it is. Who walk according, who do not walk according to the flesh. Somebody write in there in your notes, stinking thinking. Because that's all the flesh is, is carnal thinking. It's really anti-God thinking, anti-word thinking. So as long as I don't live my life outside of the word of God, I mean, I'm going to be all right. All right. He says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's the qualifier. Who do not live their lives according to the flesh. How many know a mistake is not living your life according to the flesh? Right? That's not that. So let's not condemn ourselves. Typically, a person who lives a lifestyle that way, they're not saved. You all going to make it real tough this morning, aren't you? Right? Typically, that's what you see. Then he goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, what's that word there? Free from the law of sin and death. Really, the Old Testament, we're going to look at that today. Blessings and curses, that's what it's called, the blessing and the curse, right? New Testament is the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Same thing, just said differently. And then the law of sin and death, which is the curse. Same thing, right? And we're going to look at that today in a very important aspect of it. Now, Anytime you have a lack of understanding of what the spirit of the law in Christ Jesus is, how many of it's going to affect the level of success and prosperity you walk in? Do you all believe that? Anytime there's a lack or misunderstanding where this law is concerned, you can't really function in all the benefits of it. So when the Apostle Paul wrote something here, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Let's look at it. We've got to make a decision about this. Romans chapter 12, and let's read verses 1 through 3. Through three, one, one and two actually. Romans chapter twelve. A lot of times we get saved and spiritually we're okay. But I mean, if we just go back to the same life we used to live, not much is getting ready to change in our lives. So a lot of times we come out to the altar, we give our spirits to God, but we don't really renew our minds and our bodies. And so it's very easy for a person. This is why people rededicate their lives every week. Because they never really dedicate it. Once you dedicate and you know the truth, it's kind of hard to go back where you came from. So notice what he says here in Romans chapter 12. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, almost I beg you by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. How many know after you become born again, you have to make a decision about your body? And your body is not for fornication or adultery. Please, if I'm in church today, say that amen like I'm in church. Once you become born again, you have to make a decision about your body. Right away. Because your body will remind you that it has not been renewed. Take you places you don't want to go. Come on. Make you stay longer than you want to stay and ultimately end up making you pay more than you want to pay. You must make a decision about your body, and your body is not for fornication, and it's not for adultery. It's a blessing to be a virgin. It's a blessing to save yourself from marriage. It's a blessing to be committed to one person your entire life. Ooh, 
this is in church. Could you imagine if I was out trying to share this? This is where the people should be the most excited about this. I just want to try it. It's a blessing to be a virgin. Man, I just had a ceremony with my daughter. I bought her her first diamond. It was just wonderful to see her tear up like that, read to her what God's plan was for her life from Genesis to Revelation, put that diamond around her neck. I said, every time you wear this, I want you just to remind you of the covenant that we just cut before God. And as your father, I'm promising you, you will never need a man to do anything for you. I will take care of you all the way to the day I walk you down that aisle. And you should have just saw her get up and just give me the biggest hug, a little girl. And she comes running downstairs and she shows her mother. She's so proud. She feels so good because I'm celebrating her as a 16-year-old virgin. I'll do the same thing with my son at 16. It's a blessing. You must make a decision about your body. Right? So notice what he says here. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. That's the least you could do. Verse 2, and then don't be conformed to this world. We're talking about a system, a way of thinking. But be ye transformed, renovation. How many know we all come in thinking wrong? Which means we need to take a season to reverse that wrong thinking before we start engaging in stuff. Which is why, ladies, you don't want to take him from the altar to a relationship. He needs a season to change the way he or she thinks. So he says there needs to be a metamorphosis that takes place in a person's mind. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renovating of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and the acceptable and the what? Perfect will of God. So then is it safe to say we're talking about biblical laws of prosperity? I mean, your body can affect your level of prosperity. It's called child support. It's called STDs. Come on, somebody. Right? How many of your mind, you will never prosper beyond your thinking. So there's spiritual prosperity. How many of you need to educate yourself in the natural as well to understand dead and how it works and all kind of different things, Right? But you're never going to elevate beyond how you think. So he says, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove to yourself what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is the word of God, but you can't prove it until you make a decision to live it. So many people are making judgments about whether it's true or not and never have attempted to live it. It's stupid to say, why, why should I save myself before I get married? Just look at the world. If that doesn't tell you. I can go on and on and on. So the absolute priority in studying prosperity, this is going to shock you, should never be from a carnal viewpoint. Right? Watch this. And if the first thing you hear when I say prosperity is money... That's carnal thinking. Because biblically, money is the lowest form of prosperity. I don't know of anybody sitting in a hospital giving six months to live is saying, give me more money. No, they want health. 
True, true prosperity is being able to manifest God's word in your life. How many know that's true prosperity? When you find out what God says, God releases the power behind what he says. You act on that, you believe. Force of faith is kicked in, and then you manifested the truth of that word in your life. How many know there's nothing more prosperous than to see God being with you? That's true prosperity, folks. However, when we're functioning in God's system of finance, Life should be very simple, okay? Now, I want you to pay very close attention because I'm getting ready to show you something today prophetically, okay, that God said 4,000 years ago that we're actually living in today. And when I say we, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church, and God warned his people, okay? I'm going to show you this today, all right? Proverbs chapter 22, let's look at that, verse 7. Talking about God's system versus the world system. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. How many know God has a system and the world has a system? The, The problem in the church is that we're saved, but we're not operating in the right system. I'm going to show that to you today. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. So who rules over who? The rich rules over the what? All right. So then the rich rules over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. So then that would make the lender rich and the borrower poor. Right? Remember that, okay? That's going to be so important for everything else that I'll show you today, okay? We must make a decision that we are, have a goal in our lives to get to a place where we don't, we're not borrowing money anymore. I'll show it to you very clearly today. We've got to make a decision. And you must get to a place where if we can't get it from God, then we don't need it. I was telling my wife, uh, someone had asked me, I'll never forget this, and I knew it, but I helped them anyway. You know, typically if you need, if you have to borrow money to get in the house, you'll need money to borrow money to stay in the house. If you need to borrow money to buy the car, you'll probably need to borrow money to keep the car. Simple math, right? We must get to a place, folks, where if we can't get it from God, then we don't want it at all. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. By borrowing, you subordinate your name to another person. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Your name is the same as your nature, right? So if we want to know about who you are, we have to watch what you do. And a lot of times, we can learn about your character by following your money. Because whatever a person spends their money on is what they value. Is it safe to say that? So your name is the same as your nature. So if your name is good, then your nature is usually good, which means your reputation is good. You can do whatever your name can do. Let me help you all understand what that means. Of course, we had never built anything from the bottom up, right? So we put together the business plan. We did all that name of it. 
we go down, you know, we need vehicles, we need cars, we need to open up accounts. Man, they treated me like, oh, that was just, I mean, they just disrespected me to no, I mean, just to no end. I pulled out all of our JEG linked up church, really it was JEG ministries at the time. I pulled out all of that, set that on the table. This is who we are. This is what we're getting ready to do. Oh, God's getting ready. uh, uh, They slid that right out of the way. Am I right or wrong? Listen to this. Wouldn't even negotiate over one car, and we need it too. Slid all of that out of the way, and he said, give me your name, your driver's license, and your social security number. Won't care nothing about no JEG ministries. Who are you? Now, I mean, I can sit there all day long and tell him I'm this, I'm that. His position was all of that is wick, wick, whack. You got to be from a different area if you caught that. You got to be in the 80s if you caught that. Everybody else, that flew right over your head. And literally would not even give me the time of day, treated me so disrespectfully until he took my Social Security number and my driver's license to the back. Then he came back out and he said, what can we do for you, Mr. Gregory? How many cars did you say you need, one or two? And because he acted that way, I said, I want two at this price. He balked at that. I said, the reality is, sir, I'm buying. We're getting two vehicles. We're either getting them from you or from somewhere else. So you tell me how many times somebody's getting ready to walk in here with the ability to get two vehicles. That's on you if you let this deal walk out the door. Well, wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. Let me go back and talk to my manager one more time. How many know he didn't go talk to nobody? He just walked away. I talked to my manager. We can do the deal. Uh, He could do the deal from the beginning, right? What am I saying to you? Your name is your nature. And that's how you identify and the world identifies you. Amen. Amen. I heard him say, preaching good. That's what I heard. Watch this now. You can only do what your name can do. So when you borrow and you go into debt to someone else, you bow your knee to that person because you now look to them as your source and supply instead of God. And remember what God said. I'm going somewhere today. I'll have no other gods before me. Okay, so when you do that and you can't give, you can't tithe, then you've made money your God. I knew nobody, I knew that wouldn't be, I knew that was the most powerful thing I just said today was that statement right there. Okay, I'm going to show it to you in the Word. So this creates a spiritual problem that can be very seriously, particularly if the person you're borrowing from is ungodly then you could be taking God's resources and funding the gay and lesbian agenda, and you don't even realize it. And we can go on and on and on, okay? Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Good stuff today, isn't it? Deuteronomy chapter 28. Some might say, I can't afford to give. Why not? What position have you put yourself in? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24? 
said there are two controlling forces in the earth, God and money. He said you can't serve both of them. Matter of fact, he said you're either going to love the one and hate the other. So think about it. Anytime I put money before God, then money is my God, which means I don't trust God. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Stretch your hands towards me. I feel like I'm, uh, just pray for me in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit. You can tell I'm fighting through some things right now. You, you can sense it. It's thick. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's look at verse 1 and 2. I want to educate you today, okay? Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come on you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Or we could say it this way, you obeyed the word of God. Right? Could we say it that way? All right. Now, drop down in the blessings. I want to draw your attention to something. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12 through 14. Notice in 1 and 2, he says, I am going to set you on high above all nations of the earth. In other words, you're going to be number one. I mean, it's always been God's plan that his children are number one. We're never supposed to come up the rear, folks. We're supposed to lead these charges. Watch this now. Deuteronomy 28, 12, 14. Show you what being set on high is connected to. The Lord, verse 12, will open to you his good treasure. We're going to talk about how you put something in. How I many of you can't put, if you don't put anything in, you can't get anything out. A lot of times we're believing God for things that we have not even invested in. It'd be silly for me to go down to Merle Lynch and say, I want to cash in and I have not invested in nothing. But notice we're believing God for big things, but we put nothing in the treasure. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain to your land in your season. He'll bless all the work of your hand. Here it is, folks. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And I remember in 1 and 2, he said he's going to set you high above all the nations. So then, according to Proverbs 22, verse 7, all of this is about who's lending to who and who's borrowing from who. That's who's on top and who's on the bottom. Right? Let's keep reading. You shall lend to many nations, but you should pay attention to this. But you shall not what? But you shall not what? But you shall not what? You know, most people in their thinking never even think about how to pay cash for something. They automatically think, what will the payments be? The Lord God will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath. How many of us recall, especially back in the 80s and 90s, if you've been saved that long, everyone had that confession, I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. But do we really know what it means? Do we really know, or or are we just clicheing something again because somebody came in and told us to confess that? Because I'm getting ready to show you today, biblically, who's the head and who's the tail. 
So the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above, what's that next word? Only and not be beneath. If, conditional clause in the contract, you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. Now, if we just focus right in there, he said you will lend and not what? So for every believer, we must get to a place where it is a goal where we no longer have to borrow money. If it's never a goal, you'll never accomplish anything. You will owe people for the rest of your life and be in prison to death. Just think about a mortgage. It comes from the French word more teeth. The first word morgue means death. Gauge means grip. So they didn't even lie to you. Once you sign a mortgage, you've entered into a death grip. So you shall not, verse 14, turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. So then clearly in this context, when we begin to borrow and it gets out of control and we cannot afford to give or we, we, the mortgage is more important than giving, now I mean we've now made a God out of money. I deserve this car. No, you deserve what you can afford to pay for. I can remember a time when the teaching was Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a new coat. And read it, read it. And never a man had rode on before. God doesn't want you to drive used cars. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If that's all your money can afford, buy a used car until you save enough money to buy a new car. So I don't know how we got a new car out of that context. I mean, nowhere in there was he talking about cars. That's the message being perverted. Especially if the way to get it is for you to go out and borrow. All right. You all want to keep going or we can end the service right here? You all want a little bit more today? Watch this now. Go drop down to verse 43 in the curses. And I'm going to show you something. The Scripture didn't hide this from us. God didn't hide this from us. He said this 4,000 years ago, and we're literally living in it today. Verse 43. I'm going to show you who the alien is that he's referring to. Okay? Look at what he says in verse 43. The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher Above you. Now, this is under the curses. Okay? So the alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. Why? Because they wouldn't listen to the word. Let's keep reading. Who is this alien? He shall lend to you. So then clearly, the, the alien is the banking system. Operated and controlled by Satan himself. I mean, it makes no sense to buy something that costs $200, pay it back at $24 a month at 24% interest. 
And the moment you bought it, if it was clothes or cars, it depreciated as soon as you walked off the lot or out of the store with it, which means it's worth 20 plus percent less than what you paid for it, and you have not even worn it yet, but yet you're getting ready to pay five times more over a five-year period paying the minimum payment on that. They figured out how to keep us down while they rise higher and higher. You ever notice you go to these big football stadiums? What are they named after? Banks. And we get all excited. That's my bank. Yeah, you helped build that. See, we're talking about the system is not helping our communities because we don't understand the dollar, folks. We're literally taking it and we're building everybody else's community where ours is being torn down. And we're taking the world up higher and higher and that system higher and higher and they're bringing us down lower and lower. Just think about credit scores, Okay. I just recently purchased my daughter a car, but I'm teaching her about money. I didn't pay cash for the car. I did something called downsize, right? And what we save during the downsize pays for the car. But I don't have any debt out there that I don't have an instrument somewhere that I can't wipe it out just like that, should I choose to. You all understand? Can I say this? Let me just keep going. (sighs) Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. He shall lend to you in verse 44, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. I I need to say it. it. It keeps coming back up. Look at how your credit score works. I was up over 800, like 830-something. So they, what's the best way I can tell you this to you? I paid off, well, I paid off several things. My credit score dropped down to 770-something. So they punished me for paying things off. I went out and bought my daughter's car, and it jumped back up to eight something. And they rewarded me for operating in their system. That makes no sense. When should your credit score go up? When you pay stuff off. When should it go down? See how, see how crazy that system is? Watch this now. Verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed. Because you did not obey. the. What are these curses? It's called foreclosure. It's called repossession. It's called poor credit score. You can't buy anything. Now they force you to pay more for something that you can't afford. Oh, we can get you in it. We'll figure out a way to get you in it. Right? Then they came up with all these creative loans to buy houses. They made you pay something called PMI. 
You know what PMI is? They are, they're saying, you can't afford this house. We already know you can't afford this house. You're a high risk to lose this house. So we're going to add $180-something dollars on to your payment so you pay the insurance to cover you on this bad loan. And you say, glory to God, I just got blessed with, a, with my first new home. Did you really? When they built into the purchase of the home, they protected themselves and put you at jeopardy. And listen to this. They made you pay for their peace of mind. I told you I was going to become public enemy number one. Satan right now is somewhere. Don't tell. Don't tell them that. One day, the entire body at Linked Up Church will owe no man nothing but to love him. Come on. Can we give a good victory shout on that today? Okay. I'm educating you today, okay? okay? Let's keep reading. You all want some more of this? Yeah. All right, let's keep reading here. So notice that's going to happen until it destroys you because you did not listen to the Word of God. Verse 46, and they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and your descendants forever. So then you notice the poverty of the previous generation and the thinking gets passed on to the so we leave the next, we leave the kids in worse shape than we were. They're left to pay the bills we couldn't afford to pay. See, so, so I, I know this firsthand. I mean, I, I'm, I don't have what's called old money. It's called, man, go to work and earn it. That's what I've been doing all my adult life. There was nothing handed. There was nothing. So what we're doing is setting our children up much better so we can begin to build resources into the family. So what in other cultures, they already start off way ahead of us. All right. So notice the decisions we make today aren't just affecting us. They're affecting our children. See, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but we don't understand that the Joneses are head and heels over debt. They just look like they have money. They don't really have money. Go to Romans chapter 13. Let's look at verse 8. I'm so glad you all came to church today. Man, I'm so glad you didn't stay home. You fought that sleep off. That sleep demon, I'm so glad you fought him off today and made your way in. I mean, it was real easy to say, I'll catch it on SoundCloud later on this evening. But boy, it takes something to get up and get in the house of God. Hear it in person. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Okay. So, so he, he, he's not saying anything different, right? Look at Romans 13, 8. Oh, no man anything except but to what? Love. love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the what? The law. Okay? Now, let me just say this to you all about the church. And I'm going to talk more about this later. I'm just laying a foundation, setting things up. The church, we could have gone out and bought any building out there that we like right now even our dream situation, but we would have had to finance them, right? And how many of you know God didn't tell me to do things that way? So it takes longer in certain cases, but how many know to do things the right way is going to benefit you in the long run? We can literally go to our dream situation right now. We have the down payment. We can finance that. But how many know we're getting ready to get in a vicious cycle with this church? 
right? And, and so churches are closing. What did they tell us at that conference? 700 churches a week. That's a lot of churches. One church that we're looking at right now is interesting that the broker on the other side was so interested in who we would be financing through. So I never would answer him. Then he took the liberty to say that Bank of America no longer finances the church. I still, I, did, I acted like I didn't even hear anything he said. Because we're not under that system. But how many know he also told me that this building had a lot of offers on it, but none of the churches could get the financing. Right? So now I watched this building drop $600,000 in price. For now, five, 500000 in price. I watched it drop from its highest point down. And now because I know this based off what the broker said, I'm going to offer a number even way lower than that. Watch this. Offer cash. Because cash is king. Well, let me tell you, they've been dealing, I guarantee, with a bunch of churches that can't get through. Even though this is a low ball offer, a bird in the hand beats two in the bush. It didn't take 24 hours before they responded with a yes. And we literally thought that they might be some back and forth on this. I thought we hit them too low. But when you have cash, cash is king. How many of your negotiating power is always the best when you're using cash? Come on, I wish I had a few folks in here. Okay? So it's not our dream situation. It's what's called the next step towards your dream situation. And how many of those steps are good? Because you get to learn lessons. Something Ford Motor Company taught me, you pilot everything and prove an area out without committing a lot of resources. I'm believing God, everybody in here pay cash one day for everything. Cars, houses. Come on, folks. Come on, church. Come on, all this. Don't you think God will help you obey him? Come on, don't you think your father will help you obey him? Which will give us the opportunity to turn right back around and go look at another situation in Atlanta. So now you can have two locations. You close down three leases, get all of that back in your income. Now how fast can you save towards your dream situation? Trying to teach you all something today, church. It's okay to give God glory for that. Come on, somebody. But I've got to understand these systems because you're in one or the other. You can be saved and in Satan's system. And it brings curses. Did God put those on you? No, all of this is built into the earth. It is the law of life, which is in Christ Jesus, obeying the word of God. And it's the law of sin and death, disobeying the word of God. Still, as child, you just don't get the full benefits. All right, you all want a little bit more? I've got five minutes left on my clock. Two minutes, actually. All right, now, let me give you these. These points will go up on the board. So now, why is Satan, why is it so important for him to try to snatch what the Spirit of God sows into our hearts. How I many know anytime the Word of God has been sown, Satan comes immediately? How I many know he's batting, th- battling thought processes right now as I'm speaking? All kind of stuff going on in this room right now while I'm up ministering the Word of God, okay? 
All kind of different things were going on. I want you to I'll give you a homework assignment today. I want you to read Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Okay? Now, that's a direct command. You have a choice to either obey that or disobey that. I can remember when I was in Bible school, my best friend, George Davis, we made a decision that everything that was commanded, whether written or, or verbal, we were going to obey it. So it wasn't a surprise that we were both on staff full time within 12 months after graduating. After three years of being on staff, I was the third or fourth highest paid person in the entire organization because every command that came out, I didn't judge it. I just obeyed it. Amen. What's the uh, homework assignment? It's a blessing in your obedience. Read Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, okay? Watch this. Now, I want to point out, though, let's read verses 13. Let me read a couple of the verses, and then I'm going to show you these three basic reasons why Satan comes at us the way that he does. In Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? So this is the master parable. If you don't understand this one, then you won't understand any other parable that Jesus talked about. He said, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. When does he come? Immediately. The best thing for you to do after hearing stuff like this is to go back and restudy it for yourself. I know it's my revelation today. It can only be yours after you study it, get it in your spirit, deposit it in your own heart, and make a decision to obey that. At some point, you've got to say, I am going to be debt-free, and then come up with a strategy and a plan, go meet with someone, go meet with a counselor, attend financial peace, and start your journey. Or it'll never happen, especially if you're waiting on it to fall out of the sky. He'll help you as you obey the Word of God. Then he'll put some super on your natural where you might have had a five-year plan. He'll get you there in two and a half years. All right? Put those three basic reasons up on the board, up on the screen. Why is Satan after the Word of God? Why is he coming after it so hard? Okay? Three basic reasons, okay? They're all up on the board. Write them down as quick as you can. Number one, the Word of God is the key to the laws of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. I can't operate in that law if I do not know what the Word of God says. Once I know the Word of God, then as we get to two and three, you're going to see it causes me to rise above anything that he tries to throw my way and your way. Okay? Number two, the laws of the spirit govern the laws of the natural. So, in other words, Satan is not more powerful than God. So, anytime, even though there are natural laws in this earth about how to borrow, you can borrow, you can do all those things, how many know you can supersede that and really use it as like a law of lift above the natural laws of this land when you decide to obey the Word of God? I can guarantee you that broker was not expecting this church, two and a half years old, to say that we would not be using a banking institution. I think what sped up the, now we're entering into the due diligence process, so I won't talk much about it till we get further along in the due diligence process before I start making information public. But, but I believe once he saw a cash deal, he said, we can't lose this one. Even though it's way down here at our ankles, something is better than nothing. 
Because she'll tell you, I, I, I actually thought, man, they might, it might be some back and forth here. No back and forth. Because cash is king. Come on, I'm trying to make you a boss. Come on, I'm trying to make you a mogul out there. Come on, I'm trying to make you the head. God's trying to make you the head and not the tail. And all that is is who's doing the borrowing and who's doing the lending. Then number three, you've got to understand that Satan works in the natural world. So anytime you start entering into agreements on his terms, then you must deal with all the consequences that come along with that system. Now, when you take the power of these laws and function them by faith, you've got to understand Satan knows he is finished. He can't do nothing with a person that's operating by the Word of God. I love this, something here. When you learn the rules of the game, listen to this, Satan knows he's through and he's a defeated foe. Well, how many know you can't play the game if you don't know the rules of the game? So I gave you a master key today. You must make a decision about borrowing money. What I'm committing to you is that your church started debt-free, and it'll be debt-free its entire existence. Now, if that's on your church, it should be on the people that are in the church. The church started debt-free. It will spend its entire existence debt-free. Now, if that's on the church, it should be on the people that are in the church. Somebody out there should be saying, that church is only two and a half years old, and they're already paying cash and offering cash for their first bill. What can my life be like if I just decide to obey God? I'm telling you, my wife and I, we've seen God get us out of a quarter million dollars of debt in two and a half years. He helped us. Car and a house. He helped us do it supernaturally. Once we made the decision, God helped us. Everything we bought, he sold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we made the devil real mad today, boy. And the people of God real glad. Can we just give God a great big hallelujah? Thank you. Glory to God. Never forget, folks, as I close. It's not a man's age that causes the law of gravity to work. How many know at one point I had waves up here? I did. Whether you believe it or not. Man, it was waves up there. I used to brush them. You, you, are, you know, the, the Diane brushes. Uh, okay, I'm going. I'm dating myself now. I'm going way back. 50 on the top, 50 on the side. You all remember that, right? I'm talking about waves everywhere. But, but I mean, it wasn't my age. It's the law of gravity because it's a force. I've noticed that if I don't keep working out, my chest started falling. I mean, something's pulling that down. called the law of gravity. You all still laughing about the waves, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, they used to be there. We used to, I was in a club as a kid. We used to say, swab men debonair. There was a mall in Detroit, Michigan called Northland. We used to say, swab men debonair. 
Go to the land. Don't pay no fare. Because all of us have wavy hair. <laughs> and that was my little crew. All of us had that little wavy hair. Go with me to Romans chapter 3, and we're going to close right here for the day. So it's not a man's age that causes the law of gravity to, to work. The law of gravity works because gravity is a force. Okay? Remember that. Faith is a spiritual force that works by spiritual laws, which is the Word of God. So once you decide to obey the Word of God and say, you know what, this family, we're going to owe no man nothing but to love him. And we make that serious decision to act on that. And how many know the force of faith now comes behind that and supports you? But the decision has to be made. Okay, because remember, you cannot serve God and money. So anytime I hold my money and I say I can't afford to honor God, then I've made money my God. So it's going to be the most expensive money you've ever held in your life because you put it before God. And you're going to learn that it's still not going to benefit you. Even though you thought keeping it would get you ahead, it actually sets you further back. Because you cannot be in the kingdom and operate by other laws. Wait till we get into it, folks. I'm not talking about 10% here. That's the least a person could do. When you really understand the grace of God and New Testament giving, it all belongs to God. And what you get to a place is where you say the minimum I'll give. It's just a measure, that's all. It's not a bondage thing. It's just, it's just a target. Isn't that good? Yeah. Romans chapter 3. Let's close. Saw something last night that just leaped in my spirit. Watch this. Romans chapter 3, verse 27 and 28. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude, verse 28, that a man is justified by faith, watch this, apart from the deeds of the law. I want to be real clear here because this breaks it down so well. This grace message has changed my life. Anytime you make it about your efforts, that's what creates boasting, what I did. And in the kingdom, it's never about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. Right? And so what justifies us is not what we do, but what we believe. Amen. And what we do should be a response to what we believe. Amen. So we're not doing something to get God to do something. He already did it. Amen. You all understand? Amen. And we're responding by obeying the Word, which is really, that's our work right there is obedience to the Word because all of the work has been done by Jesus. Okay, now listen to this, and I'll close. This blew me away last night when I saw this. This was in my New King James Version. Can you put that di uh, definition up there? This was in my New King James Version study Bible. It was called Doctrinal Footnotes. And I caught this last night when I was studying about the word justification. Okay? You can write down, get as much of that as you can because it's so important to our thinking being adjusted. I'll read it. Justification is the act of God whereby our legal standing in heaven is changed 
and we are declared righteous. Watch this. The verb justify and the adjective righteous are linked in Scripture since both share a common Greek word. So when we express saving faith in God, the moment we give our lives to Christ, watch this, He adds righteousness and perfection to our record. So, folks, we are at that moment perfected and as righteous as we'll ever be. That's our spirits. Everything else has to be renewed. Our mind and our bodies has to come along. So even when we make mistakes, folks, we don't make them from our spirit. Our spirit is perfected. You all see that? And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Something in our thinking got off, and then our behavior followed. So legally, we are as right before God right now as we'll ever be. And don't ever let anyone condemn you. Let me show you what this looks like. You don't understand what I did yesterday. The only thing I understand is that it was forgiven over 2,000 years ago. So I no longer confess my sin because sin has already been forgiven. What I do is acknowledge that the behavior was wrong. And then I say, God, I know your grace doesn't teach me that. Do you all see that? And then, Father, I commit to, to replanting your word in these areas of my life. Because I know I've already overcome that in Jesus' name. And I confess that I've overcome the area by the name, the blood, and the word in Jesus' name. And it's amazing the liberty that stays with you instead of condemnation. Father, I thank you the sin is already forgiven. But I acknowledge that the behavior was wrong. And something with my thinking needs to be adjusted to your word. And I commit, Father, to put the word on that area. So that the thinking can change my behavior. I know your grace doesn't teach me that. And then I confess that I've overcome it already in the name of Jesus. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Listen to the rest of this. So when we express saving faith in God, he adds righteousness and perfection to our record. God is the source with the power to declare righteous. Mankind is the recipient of being declared righteous. Folks, don't ever let, this is the most important revelation you can have, is to every day know that when you wake up, you are right with God, God loves you, and he wants to bless you on this day. One of the best things you can wake up every day and tell yourself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has perfected me forever through the death, burial, and resurrection of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Father, I walk upright today. I walk tall. This is a new day. This is the day that you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Your mercies are new every day. And, Father, I'm going to commit to be the best that I can be today so that my life can bring you glory. I'm telling you, when you wake up like that, It doesn't matter what comes your way. It cannot steal the fact that you know that you're right with God. And when you know that you're right with God and God loves you, whatever comes your way, you already know he's already gotten you out of it. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's lift our hands. Come on, let's give God the glory that is due unto his name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for understanding your word, Father. Help Thank you for helping us understand these two systems, Father. You'd be surprised just sitting in this room. Let's all stand to our feet. You'd be surprised just sitting in this room 
how many people are saved but don't understand that they're operating in the wrong system. I pray that husbands and wives will go home led by husbands and sit down, look at this information, and go out and get additional resources and make a decision as a family. We are going to get out of debt. Listen to me. This is why having our first building is so important. There's so much we can't do because we're a mobile church. I'm telling you, we need to have financial peace more than one time a year. We need to have it two, three, four times. And let me tell you where I'm going with it. My daughter is going to financial peace once she turns 17. We need to have it for teenagers as well. You see, the earlier we can get this thinking in them, the better they'll be. We're going to have services, folks, where we just cut up credit cards. Then we're going to put up on the screen how much debt the church canceled this year in its memory. We're getting ready to attack this just like any enemy, just like cancer, just like if cancer hit our body. We're getting ready to attack debt because, folks, it is an enemy. And listen, I'm not happy being debt-free. I won't be happy until this entire church is debt-free. Did you all hear what I just said? I won't be happy until everyone in the building owes no man nothing but to love him. And I prophesy this to you. Some of it's going to happen supernaturally. We're going to be in services where the Spirit of God speaks. We're just going to wipe out stuff right in the service. Hallelujah. Don't wait on that. I'm just going to wait and hopefully he... No, don't wait on that. Start now. Because it usually never comes to the person that put all their eggs in that one basket. It usually comes to the person that's working with God in that effort. Did you all get anything out of this today? All right. Quick review. Who's the head? No. The lender. Who's the tail? I'm sorry. You are the head spiritually. But let's make it a natural fact, too, right? All right. Who, who's the uh, tail? The borrow. Is it the will of God for you to borrow money? Okay. Let me add balance to this. Is it a sin to borrow money? No. It's a curse. So you want to make sure all debt is what's called manageable. And you are under some kind of plan to pay it off fast. You want to get to a place where you no longer charge groceries and clothes. Discipline yourself to start taking cash with you. You always spend less if you have cash than you would with a credit card. I mean, they're going to trick you every time with that credit card. Now, you can't just get that outfit. Let me show you these shoes over here that are just... And then there you go. You couldn't really afford them, but now you saw them with the outfit and you got all messed up. If all you had was the money for the outfit, you can't spend more than the cash you have in your pocket. A lot of little things I'll be telling you. I'm just out of time over the course of this message. But, man, you all pray for me because I probably just became public enemy number one to the enemy's camp because I revealed who that alien was. And that alien is the banking system. Linked Up Church needs to have its own bank one day. See, what I've learned, folks, I'm just a visionary. I don't do the work. 
I'm the one that can see it and believe God for it. Then I hire the best people that, the congreg- that we have in the congregation and let them do what God called them to do. Hallelujah. 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 Can we just make Satan mad one more time? Go ahead and give another big hallelujah shout to God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's lift our hands to the Father today. Father, one plants, one waters, but only you can give the increase. So, Father, I believe by faith you use me as a planter today. They'll go home and water what was planted, but ultimately you'll give them the increase in revelation, understanding, uh, willingness to obey, Father, and align their will with your will. And, Father, I declare that every person in this congregation at one point in their life will be debt-free, and I declare by faith.